Welcome to the podcast for Real Church Coweta. We meet every Sunday at 10 a.m. at the Worship Center on the campus of Central Christian School in Sharpsburg. You can also check us out online at realchurchcoweta.com or jump on Facebook at Real Church Coweta. We hope you enjoy this week's message. How's everybody doing today? Good? Hey, listen, I want to talk to you guys uh, today uh, about... um, I had a situation that happened to me a couple years ago. So Wendy got to go to Israel, and I got to watch Blake. Uh, So um, anyway, so Wendy went to Israel with her mom, and I decided that Blake and I would do a dude trip, all right? And so we decided we were going on a dude trip, and so it was like, well, where do you want to go? Well, I don't know. Where do you want to go? And at the time, Blake was really into roller coasters, and I was not, all right? So... I was into corn dogs, and he was into roller coasters. And so we found out that Cedar Point in Ohio had incredible corn dogs and had uh, incredible roller coasters. And so uh, I said, let's go to Cedar Point, but let's make it really cool. I actually lived in Ohio, and then I moved back to the promised land, but I lived there for three years, all right? And I, let me say, Ohio people are nice. Um, they are. They're really nice. Michigan, eh, Ohio people are really nice, though. Um, and so uh, I love living up there. As a matter of fact, I even got to have breakfast. Blake and I got to have breakfast with a former high school student of mine, which was really fun. But anyway, we did this road trip. And when we went on the road trip, I said, let's plan this sucker out. So we, got to, we went through Cincinnati. Now, one of the things that, that Blake uh, really likes doing when we go anywhere is he likes going to college football stadiums. We ended up going through Cincinnati, going up through Columbus, and we went to the Ohio State University, ugliest campus I've ever seen. I mean, I'm telling you, ugly campus. I mean, I'm telling you, it was like pff, tiny little stadium, no, no support. There was no signs that said Ohio State anywhere. So we went there to that, and we were not impressed at all. Uh, uh, and then we left, uh, thankfully, and we, we headed up, and we actually went to, we actually went to Cleveland, uh, and we wanted to see where they filmed uh, the movie uh, A Christmas Story. Um, is that, yeah, it's the one you shoot your eye out, remember that one? Uh, well, um, we went there to the house, and I'll just tell you that the house is still there, and it's still nice, and if you've ever been there, you know that the house is really nice. But the rest of the place is uh, really not nice, okay? It is run down. There's burned down homes and everything, and then this little house just kind of sits there. Um, but one of the things that I wanted to do on the trip that was really the most important to me is I wanted to go to the uh, NFL Hall of Fame, okay, in Canton. I wanted to go to the Hall of Fame. I've always wanted to go to the Hall of Fame. I've been watching the inductions forever. I've been watching those things. I've been seeing all the different, you know, the heads of all the different people. And I was just really, I was really, you know, excited about going. And so that was going to be one of the last things we did on our trip. Well, we went to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame uh, in, in Cleveland, which was really, really cool. Then we went over to Cedar Point. We, we actually were stationed in between Cedar Point and, and uh, Cleveland. And so we went over to Cedar Point for the day, hung out there. It was super nice. Uh, I rode 15 of the 18 roller coasters. The three that were in the top 10, 
No, I didn't do any of those because those are for crazy people. Um, but Blake wrote all of them, and he had fun, and I ate corn dogs while he did those three. Uh, but it was really fun. We had a great time. Um, I had, <laughs> I had used to, I'd been used to going to Six Flags, and so I was really shocked at how clean uh, Cedar Point was. <laughs> I was like, wow. Um, and there was no one saying, hey, are you guys ready? Yes, I'm ready. If you're ready, say, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. They didn't do any of that. Okay, I was used to doing that at Six Flags, but they don't do that. If you've been to Six Flags, you know the joke. If you don't, then you're going, why is he even saying that? Um, so anyway, so um, we left there, and we went over to back to Cleveland, and we came down through, and we were going to go to the NFL Hall of Fame. And we pulled up, trot off the interstate. We pulled up, and it looked like someone ate a big plate of the 70s and puked. All right, everything was like 70-ish. Not that there's anything wrong with the 70s, but that's what it looked like. And I was like, okay, well, this is not quite what I thought it would be, but I can't wait to get inside. And I went inside, and it was cool, it was fine, but in my mind, I had this something much greater than what it really was. Like, I was thinking that each section, and here's the problem, too, I had went to the College Football Hall of Fame like four months earlier. Big mistake, because there's no comparison. The College Football Hall of Fame is way better than the NFL Hall of Fame. So I'm thinking, okay, there's going to be a room, and they're going to have these, you know, they're going to have all kinds of information about each one of these people in the, in the hall, because they always show it real slow. And basically, the heads of all the people that had been inducted they were all in one little square little room, and you just walked around, and they were like all on this little shelf and back, and it really wasn't that big a deal. And I was like, well, that's not impressive. That's not impressive at all. And so I was a little bit disappointed. Now, I learned some stuff, but I was a little bit disappointed at the, uh, what I had in my mind didn't live up to reality. I'm going to tell you something else. We went to Washington, D.C. The first time I went to D.C. to the Smithsonian, I had in my mind what the Smithsonian was going to be. And what I had in my mind was much greater than what reality was. Okay? That's how it was. I was like, oh, okay, well, that's interesting. And everything was so spread out. And I, was, I just really wasn't that impressed. Have you guys ever had something like that? Have you ever had something that was like, in your mind, you have it being something, one thing that's much greater than it really, it really was? Are you with me? Then reality turned out to be. If you look through Hebrews, you, you may be confused as to why the pivot in chapter 1 is so quick. Because if you read through Hebrews, uh, we went over last week, uh, 1 through 4. If you read through Hebrews, what you see is, is Hebrews chapter 1. He talks about, he, talk, he immediately starts talking about long ago God spoke. And we, we went over that last week, that God spoke long ago. And then the, in verse 4, he says something that may not make any sense unless you know the background. He says this, he says, This shows that the Son is far greater than the angels, just as the name God gave him is greater than their names. That's what he says. And we'll get to the other text in a minute. But he says, all, basically he's talking about long ago God spoke and God did this. And, and all of a sudden he says, and oh, by the way, this shows that he's greater than angels. And so there has to be something behind that. And there is something behind that. 
I want to tell you today exactly what, what he thought, what, what the people thought of angels. There's a pivot in verse 4, and he wants to address it. In the Old Testament, the Israelites put angels on a really high level. They did. They put them on a high level. As a matter of fact, in the Old Testament and in the Jewish culture, angels were revered. They were revered big time. As a matter of fact, they were the deliverers of the law. They were the ones that took the law from God and delivered it to man. We know that because of Galatians chapter 3. Galatians chapter 3 verse 19, it says this. It says, why then was the law given? It was given alongside the promise to show people their sins. But the law was designed to last only until the coming of the child who was promised. God gave his law through angels to Moses. So the law was given to Moses by the angels. They were built up. They literally built up the angels. They thought that the angels were part of the divine revelation of God. They had built them up to a status that was much greater than what the reality ends up being. Much like me going to the NFL Hall of Fame or me going to the Smithsonian. They had built them up. Angels were thought highly, very highly in the Old Testament. What happened with them was this. Like we often do, they got confused between. They got confused between the one that does the re revelation and the one that delivers it. And they took the one that delivered the revelation, you know what I mean? And raised him, raised them much higher than they should have been. It's like this. It's like you ordering a Papa John's pizza. And the person gets the Papa John's pizza, brings it to you. And you get the pizza and you eat the pizza. And instead of saying how good Papa John's is and how good the pizza is, you tell me how good the delivery person was. Man, that delivery person was so awesome. Oh, my gosh. I know, but how's the pizza? Oh, the delivery person was so, he was right. And you, he came right up and gave us our receipt. It was so amazing. And he said, thank you. And he said, on and on and on. That's what it would be like. We'd never do that. If you started telling someone, let me tell you something. I ordered Papa John's the other day. I got the extra cheese with a little bit of extra sausage. The delivery person rocked. People would go, what? No, seriously, the delivery person rocked. It was, you know what they'd want to know? How's the pizza? How's the pizza? Tell me about the substance. Tell me about how the food was. Tell me, I want to know about the extra cheese, and I want to know about the sausage. They don't want to know about the other. Now, in order to understand where the writer of Hebrews is coming from, you have to know something, okay? And this is what you have to know, and we're going to deep dive just for a second. You have to know this. In the Bible, in the Bible, the Bible is a redemption story, okay? I want you to hear this. The Bible is not a historical book, even though it does contain factual history. It wasn't written as a historical book. 
The Bible wasn't written as a science book either. Even though it, it tells us and directs us toward applicable science, it wasn't written as a science book. It wasn't at all. The Bible is the story of redemption. What are you redeeming? Well, the redemption is from what, what, when God created the earth, the, the angel, the angel Lucifer was sent down, and anywhere he is is a garbage dump, okay? Anything that he touches turns into a garbage dump, and that's exactly what had happened. And so what God wanted to do was he wanted to send, I want you to get this, he wanted to send, he wanted to create, he wanted to create a being lower than the angels. And that's what the scripture says. It says, you were created lower than the angels. It says human beings were created lower than angels. And so in the hierarchy, if you look, it's God and then the angels and then the human being is under that is what the scripture says. But here's what I want you to see, and here's what happens in the Old Testament all the time. God wanted the lesser human beings to defeat the greater. Are you with me? He wanted the lesser to defeat the greater. And so you see it all through the Old Testament. You see in the book, in the book of, uh, of, of Genesis, you can see how Joseph was the lesser. You see how David was the lesser in, 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 uh, in, in David and Goliath. Over and over again, the lesser defeats the greater. You see that in Israel. You even see that in Israel today. Tiny little Israel in war after war has defeated all of these great nations. Tiny little Israel. Why? Because the lesser is to defeat the greater. But here's what happened. And this is what one of my friends would say. You see, what had happened was... They ended up, Adam came and he failed. He failed. In the, in the lesser defeating the greater, in the lesser taking back what was God's, he failed. And when he failed, at that point is when the redemption story would take place. See, we are here to redeem what was God's, what had been taken, and that's the earth. And so immediately there was to be a second Adam. And who was that second Adam? Well, that second Adam was Christ himself. 1 Corinthians 15, 45 through 49. I want you to turn there and look. 1 Corinthians 15, 45 through 49. And I'm going to turn there as well. 1 Corinthians 15, verses 45 through 49, it says this, and it's talking about the resurrection from the dead. And it gets over, and, it, and then it comes up, and it begins to talk about, it says this, it says, the scripture tells us the first man, Adam, became a living being, all right? But, here it is, the last Adam, the second Adam, that is Christ, is a life-giving spirit, is a life giving spirit. It says what comes first is the natural body, then the spiritual body comes later. Adam, the first man, was made from the dust of the earth, while Christ, the second man, came from heaven. Earthly people are like the earthly man, and heavenly people are like the heavenly man, just as we are now like the earthly man, we will someday be like the heavenly man, is what it says. It says this, it says, the first Adam failed. And so in the due time, 
Christ came forward, which is why Christ had to be a man, by the way. He had to be completely human. He came forward and he would do what the first Adam could not do. He would do what the first Adam could not do. Are you with me? They elevated the angels high. They elevate them to the point where they really worship the deliverer oftentimes instead of the actual deliverer. Are you with me? The one that was delivering the message was worshiped much more than the actual. It happens a lot of time in churches too. It does. A lot of times pastors are elevated to something that they shouldn't be. Don't ever elevate me to anything but just some poor schmuck trying to make it through. All right? Because that's exactly why I am. That's exactly what you are. I'm just, if you want to go old other Southern Baptist, I'm just a sinner saved by grace, all right? And I'm not perfect, and you're not either, but we have a perfect God. But you see that in church oftentimes where the deliverer, the man, the person standing up is elevated to the point where they're made to look as if they actually speak the, the actual words of God, which is not true. They deliver the message that God has sent and that God gives them not that it comes from them. But that's what had happened. The angels were higher. Second, uh, the first Adam came, and the first Adam failed. So with that knowledge, let's read Hebrews chapter 1, starting in verse 4. It says this, it says, This shows that the Son is far greater than the angels, just as the name God gave him is greater than their names. For God never said to any angels what he said to Jesus. Now, I want to explain to you what's going on here, okay? I want to explain to you exactly what's going on here. There is, a, there is something happening here that I want you to see. Uh, it's, it's actually, it's, 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 it's like a chain. And what the author is going to do is a technique they used to use when they wrote back, back in these days, especially to emphasize things. They're going to chain it. It's going to be a chain. So he's going to say several things and then one thing about angels and several things to convince you that what he's saying is true. And so here we go. God, for God never said anything to angels what he said. You are, you are my son. Today I have become your father. God also said, I will be his father and he will be my son. And when he brought his supreme son into the world, God said, let all of God's what? Angels worship him. Regarding angels, he says, and so here's the, here's, he's going to contrast. Here's what he says about angels. He sends his angels like the winds, his servants like the flames of fire. But to the sun, he says, your throne, O God, endures forever and ever. You rule with the scepter of justice. And all of these, by the way, are scriptures in the Old Testament. Every one of them. And so the, Israel, the people from Israel who are hearing this, we're going to connect with every one of these scriptures. You rule with a scepter of justice. You love justice and hate evil. Therefore, our God, your, uh, oh God, your God has, has uh, anointed you, pouring out the oil of, of joy on you more than anyone else. He also says to the Son, In the beginning, Lord, you laid the foundations of the earth and made the heavens with your hands. They will perish, but you will remain forever. They will wear out like old clothing. You will fold them like a cloak and discard them like old clothing. But you are always the same. You live forever. And God never said to the angels this, sit in the place of honor at my right hand until I humble your enemies, making them a footstool under your feet. Therefore, because of all those things, therefore, that's what it's there for, to tell you because of all those things, angels are only, here it is, servants, spirits sent to take care 
for people who will inherit salvation. So angels were to be God's servants to who? To us. They were to be God's servants to us. They weren't supposed to be elevated. They weren't supposed to be some divine revelation. And you weren't supposed to lift them up on some pedestal. They are actually supposed to be servants to us. Where Adam failed, Christ would not fail. He would be the second Adam. So what exactly, what exactly does this mean for our everyday life? Well, here's what it means for our everyday life. How can we, you know, one of the plans we always want here, one of the things we always want is we want, we want to, you to experience God in, in real life, okay? And if I just read this and explained this to you, while it would be good information, it would not necessarily affect your everyday life. It wouldn't. And I want to help you understand and help you experience God in everyday life, in today's life. And so what can we do with these texts? Well, the first thing I want you to know is this, and I've only got two points today. So you may be getting lunch early. Here's what I want you to know. Jesus elevates us because of our relationship with him. He elevates us because of our relationship with him. He elevates us to a higher position. And the reason we are at a higher position is because, only because of Christ. We are not at a higher position because of how good you know, we can play or sing. We're not at a higher position because of how smart we are. We're not at a higher position because we can do this, this, or this. We're at a higher position because of the relationship that we have. I want you to understand something. The scripture says that one day we will rule with Christ. We will rule with Christ. Well, what does that mean? Well, let me show you what it means. In 1 Corinthians 6, 3, here's what it says. 1 Corinthians 6, 3, it says this. It says, do you, don't you realize, don't you realize that we will judge angels? So you should surely be able to resolve ordinary disputes in this life. They were having a lot of trouble. The Corinthian church were having a lot of trouble. They were arguing all the time. Now, I know that never happens here, thank God. But I know in some churches it happens, okay? There's an argument or three, okay, in some churches. But the Corinthian church was having a problem arguing. And so Paul said this to him. He said, don't you understand that one day you're going to judge angels? You're going to judge angels. How do we get the ability to judge angels? How do we do that? How can we judge angels? Wait a minute, Pastor Barry, I thought you told me just a while ago that the scripture says that we were created lower than the angels. We were created lower than the angels. But because of what Christ did and because of what he did for us and because you have accepted him, because you have decided that you're going to, quote unquote, hitch your wagon to Christ, because of that, he elevates us to a level that is higher than the angels. And so in the end times, whenever we are in heaven, we actually will judge, we will judge the angels because we too are at an elevated status because of Christ. That's exactly what happens. So how does this happen in our everyday life? Let me talk to you about how it happens. We, we live a life today because of this. We should live a life today on earth that is elevated with a higher standard, with a higher sense of right and wrong, with a higher sense of obedience. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever been, have you ever been around anyone that when you're around them, they kind of lift your spirits up? Have you ever been around anyone that when you spend more time with them, they almost force you to raise your standard up? 
that because their standard is so high, because they are so loving, because they're so giving, have you ever been around anyone that convinces you to live a better life only because of how they live their life? Have you ever been around someone like that? That's what Christ does for us. He uses people, he uses circumstances, but that's what Christ does for us. He elevates, he elevates us. I want to give you an example um, of, elevate, of elevating someone. I know this will shock you guys, but I crammed four years of college into 10. All right, I did. It was tough, but I did it. I made it through. It was a lot of studying, but I actually crammed four years into 10. All right. Um, I hated school. I still hate school. I do. I hate school. I have three. I have a bachelor's degree and two advanced degrees, and I hate them all. Okay, I don't hate that. I'm glad they're on my wall. I don't ever want to look at another classroom again that I'm participating in, and I have to take a test. I hate them all. Okay, but I really hated school. I really did. And I really, I, I really wanted to do great things for God, but I had no direction at all. I had no direction in my life. I was just kind of meandering through. And, you know, uh, women will make you do crazy things, guys. You know what I'm saying? Are you with me, guys? Are you driving with me? Yeah, they'll make you do some crazy things. And so I, I went to visit a friend of mine, and I met Wendy. Okay? Now, if you were to take my dislike for school and put it over here, and my, my, my lack of drive and put it over here, Wendy would be way over here, all right? Wendy's over here. Wendy's never met a classroom she didn't like. She never met a test she didn't pass. Right here. She loves it. Whenever I first met her, she was thinking about going into research. I said, what kind of moron goes into research? Numbers and studies and all that mess? Why would you want to do that for so she was way over here, and she was in graduate school, and she was going to actually get her graduate degree very, very early. Um, you know, she did the whole, I'm one of the top ten or whatever, and I was in the top couple hundred. Um, and uh, I was actually number 150 out of 307, so there you go. C's get degrees is what I thought. So, but... She did, and so one of the first conversations we had, you know, she was in graduate school, and I was in school of some kind, and um, I said, listen, I said, what, uh, she said, so what, what do you want to do with your life? And I said, I don't know. She was like, okay, well, it's been nice talking to you. <laughs> but here's, here's, what, here's what occurred. Um, because I desired to be with Wendy, more than I disliked school, and I desired to be with her more than I disliked having drive, I both began to love school and love drive because I loved Wendy. Are you with me? Because I loved her, I decided I was going to go to school and I was going to do that. And so we moved. We moved from Tulsa to Nashville, and literally the next morning, we had packed our stuff, we got everything. The next morning we got up and she says, hey, when are you registered for classes? And I was like, calm down, Tonto. It's been a day. Nope, you're going to classes. When are you going to do it? And I did. I immediately started school and finished, finished with my uh, bachelor's degree. I went on to get a master's degree. Went on to get a seminary or cemetery degree, as some people call it. Um, I did. That's exactly what I, I did. And I did a lot of those things. One, because I began to believe in myself. But the reason I believed in myself is because Wendy believed in me. Are you with me? 
And I began to get direction in my life and I began to get a purpose and a focus in my life. But a lot of it had to do with the fact that Wendy, because of her views and her stance and because of the relationship that we had built, she elevated me up. She elevated me up. And that's exactly what Christ is to do with you and I. Christ is to elevate us. Us. I want to tell you something. If you have the same standards that you've had your whole life, and if meeting Christ didn't change any of those standards, if you're living the same life you've always lived, you're probably not walking close enough, okay? You're probably not walking close enough to him. You're probably not connected to him. You're not, probably not plugged in enough to him if you have the same exact standards. She elevated, she elevated me. Why is that? Well, because Wendy was my companion. She was. She was my companion. And I knew I was going to live life with her. And I was going to do life with her. And I didn't want to drag her down. I didn't want to make her bad, you know, make her look bad. I didn't want her to say, hey, I'm the one with the master's degree. And I've got this clinical, you know, clinical therapist. And, you know, this is Barry. He's, anyway, um, you know what I'm saying? It's funny because, because uh, deep down secretly, uh, by the way, I just want to clarify, I have more education and more degrees than Wendy does right now, so I'm, I'm going to hear it. Secretly, deep down in her heart, and she'll never admit this to you, that bothers her. Secretly, deep down, she's like, kind of ticks, you look at her, she kind of ticks her off, man. She's like, I wanted to get that doctorate degree in research, and he wouldn't let me. Um, but, uh, but seriously, the companionship that I have with her elevated, elevated my motivation. It elevated and it changed my behavior. And here's the crazy part. I didn't have to go, okay, I'm going to start wanting to go to school. I didn't have to do that. I want to I, I I get a degree. None of that happened. You know what happened? The motivation just started coming. It was just there. Hey, I want to do better. Hey, someone believes in me. Hey, on and on and on and on and on. It was easy. It was easy. So, that's what happened because of what? Because she's my companion. And I want to tell you something. Christ, too. Christ, too, is our companions. Christ is our companions. My parents used to say this. My parents used to say, you know, y'all are just connected at the hip. You guys ever heard that? Y'all are connected at the hip. Can I tell you something? We need to be connected at Christ. Yeah. One of the things that one of the things that uh, you may or may not get and one of the ways that it describes our relationship with Christ is this. And this may confuse you, some of you, but uh, it describes it as a bride and a the bride, the bridegroom and the bridegroom coming back for his bride. And the reason it describes it like that is because there is to be a relationship. There is to be a companionship. And the scripture says that that when you get married, the two become become one. The two become one. And so there's a companionship there. There's a bride and a bridegroom. And you're going to what? When you walk down the aisle, you are connected at the hip. And you're walking down and you're coming back out one. You walk into and you can't come out one. And the truth of the matter is, is when we marry ourselves to Christ, when we marry ourselves to the way Christ wants us to live, when we marry ourselves to the relationship, when we latch on to the relationship, when we latch on to that, we become one with Christ. And because we become one with Christ, he elevates us to a level much higher than the angels. And that's exactly what Hebrews was trying to say. Hebrews was trying to say this. It was saying, hey, listen, can I tell you something? He didn't, you know, Christ did this for you 
Christ was called the Son of God. Christ, did, did God ever say this about the angels? You're going to be the one that works in and does the creation. Did he ever say that? Did he ever say, and he goes on and on and on and on. Can I tell you something, you guys? I want you to hear this very clearly. I want to hear it very clearly. No angel ever made your life better. No angel ever made your life better, only Jesus. No angel ever saved you and gave you Literally, the place of honor with Christ. No angel ever redeemed you. Never. No angel ever did that. No angel ever tried to direct your life and gave you a plan and purpose for your life. Never happened. You know who did that? Christ did that. Christ did that. Christ is the one that elevates you closer to God. He's the one that connects you up. No angel ever did that. And you can fill in whatever, you can fill in whatever that thing is that you hold higher than Christ. No great job ever done, did that. No new car ever did that. No amount of money ever did that. No new house ever did that. And on and on and on. You can replace that. None of those people ever did that. None of those things ever did that. You know why? Because Jesus is greater than. That's why. That's why. Jesus is greater than the angels. Let me pray for you today. Let me pray for you. God, thank you so much for your word. I love digging into your word, God, and I love just really um, seeing exactly what your word has to say about us and then taking that word and applying it to today's life, to my own life. God, it's so amazing to me the examples you give us that literally Jesus is greater than these angels that oftentimes we elevate that the Israelites for sure elevated. He's greater than the angels. And it's because of the fact that he elevates us that we have the ability, if we accept him and walk with him, we have the ability, we have the ability to be elevated to a place where we are desiring to do what's right. We are desiring to do the right thing. We're desiring to make the right decision. We're desiring to be obedient. It's not something we have to gut out. It's not something we have to work super hard on. It's just that we will be obedient, not because of, of, of some kind of strict legalistic law, but because of the relationship and the companionship that we have with you. I'm so thankful for who you are, God. Thank you so much for doing this in our lives. Let us accept you. Or for those who haven't, let them recommit to you and let you change them from the inside out. Don't let anyone leave here the same way they came in. In Jesus' name, amen. You never want to have a situation where you have this thing in your mind of how something's going to be like I did with the uh, Hall of Fame and then get there only to discover that it's really not what you thought it was. The only thing I know in my life that's like that is my relationship with Christ. Because when I get to heaven, it's going to be far greater than I ever could imagine. Let's stand up and let's worship. Thank you for listening to the podcast for Real Church Coweta. If you have any questions or would like to contact us, please visit our website at realchurchcoweta.com and click on the Contact Us tab. We invite you to join us every Sunday at 10 a.m. in the Worship Center on the campus of Central Christian School in Sharpsburg. Until then, God bless and remember to love God love others, and live real.